3: Hey, this is Ron bumblefoot Thaw, and a big congratulations to Mark and John on Talking Metal's 500th episode.
4: This is Philip H. Anselmo, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Keep on listening.
2: Hi, this is Nita Strauss from the Alice Cooper Band, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Michael Sweet from Striper, and you are listening to Talking Metal.
3: Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking
1: Metal. <laughs> Greetings, oh earthlings, it's Villa from Finnish Band called him, and at the moment you have the pleasure of enjoying Talking Metal. Hey, this is John Five from Rob Zombie and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Steinfeld from Democracy. And you're listening to Talking
5: Metal Podcast. Hi, this is Andrea. And this is Chris from La Coola Coil. And you're listening to Talking Metal. Check it out. Hey, this is Steven Pierce. You're listening to The Rat Bastard on
0: Talking Metal. This is Ethan Death from Kill Chiller, And you're listening to Talking Metal.
6: Hey, this is Mike Messer from Obsession. You're listening to Talking Metal. This is Scott
1: Bowen from Obsession. And you're listening to Talking Metal.
6: This is
7: Slow. And I'm Ken from the band on Earth, And you're listening to...
1: Talking metal.com. Hey, it's Eddie Trum from P104 in New York City and BH1 Classic. And you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Ted Patrick, and you're listening to my favorite Talking Metal.
6: Hey, this is Devin Townsend from Strapping Young Lad, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gadian from Andrax, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Jeff Tate from Queensrick and listen to Talking Metal.
1: God bless America. Hey, this is your blood brother of the American dream, Ted Newton. The American rock and roll dream on talking metal. Live it up. Hey, what's up y'all? This is Randy from Lamb of God and you're listening
2: to Talking Metal. This is Joey Balgana from Manifest,
5: and you're listening to Talking Metal.
0: This is Kevin Roy from Mastery and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up? This is Brad from Two Days Grace, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
5: Hey, this is Nick from Black Label Society. You're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah, this is J.D. from Black Label Society. You're listening to Talking Metal. This is Tyler Fire from the Brothers Grimm Sideshow, the world's
1: greatest collection of freaks, wonders, and human curiosities. And you will fit
6: right in because you are listening to Talking Metal. Yo, what's up? This is Shavo from System of down and you listen to Talking Metal.
1: Hey, this Teddy Zigzag and you listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Matt from Belva Revolver and you listen to Talking Metal.
5: Hey, this is Danny Paul from Pantera, Damage Plan, and Rebel Meets Rebel, and you're taking ass and listening to Talking Metal right here.
1: Yo, what's up boys and girls? This is Frank Bella from Anthrax and you are now listening to
5: Talking Metal.
8: Hey, this is Dave, from Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is
1: Michael Lardy from the Great White Slash American Ranger, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
8: Hey, this is Rob Zombie, and you're listening
5: to Talking Metal. Hey, man, this is Scott Travis with Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. What's up, Metalhead?
1: This is Jack Frost, this is the Talking Metal. Turn it up! Everybody, this is Gilby Clark, and we're Talking Metal. Hello, Talking Metal. This is Rock and Roll Fruit, CDC Banana. I was your very first guest, and let's face it, it's all been downhill from here. I shall return.
6: Congratulations. Jim Brewer, and you're listening to
1: TALKING METAL!
6: How's your name, hell from Judas Priest, and you're listening to TALKING METAL?
1: Hey, this is Vizio, you're rocking with TALKING METAL! Hello, suckers, this is Lizzie Borden, and you're listening to TALKING METAL. Talking metal. Hey, this is Casey Chaos from Amen, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, oh, this is Bill Cohen from Def Leppard, and you are listening to Talking Metal. This is the Count from Count's Customs in Vegas, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up! Hey, this is Nick, and Mike, and Chris, and I'm Tyson, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, I'm Marty Casey, and you are listening to Talking Metal both a and you are Talking Metal. Hey,
2: metalheads, this is Christina from Lacuna Coil, and you're listening to Talking TalkingMetal.com.
1: Hey, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to the best,
5: Talking Metal. Hey, this is Sal the Stockbrook from the Howard Stern Show, and you're listening to Talking
8: Metal.
0: Hey, what's up?
1: This is Jeremy Click from the app, you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah, This is Nia from him, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Robert Sweet, the drummer from Stray Bridge. Hey, this is Sebastian Bach. Turn it up. Hey, this is Bumblefoot. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast.
7: Here we go. It's episode 500 of Talking Metal. (laughs)
6: Ladies. And gentlemen Oh, who are we kidding? Gentlemen (laughs) It's episode 500 of Talking Metal I'm Bud Friendly And now, for the 500th fucking time Your hosts, Mark and John We got a lot of good interviews, a lot of great guests Yeah,
8: as always 500 episodes, a big Talking Metal toast Yes Uh Take two. We actually just recorded (laughs) for like 45 minutes and I lost it. Uh, Nothing changes here. Very fitting, yeah. Yeah, very fitting. Because
7: the very very first interview with a celebrity, which we're going to get into, was accidentally erased by yours truly, John Astronomy. And here we are, 500 audio and computer expert. 500
8: episodes later, I just erased the very. First take of episode 500, where we were quite a bit more sober. Uh, but here Correct. we are, here we are, here we are rocking, and here are the guests, guys. Five
6: guests for every, for 500 episodes. Yeah. What, is, but, what's the math on that, point? Bud? Uh, I believe that is one for every 62 episodes. Yeah, something like that. Something
7: like that. Just do the math, guys. Five guests, 500 episodes is. I, we think it's one for every 62 episodes Yes There you go okay. Eric Kluber
8: Who's been on the podcast Probably a dozen times Is back He's a good friend of ours He's not the most famous guy in the world Not the most famous rock star But we love him He's here
7: He is here And he is from a bunch of great bands That we've seen through the years White Wizard, Gypsy Hawk And Well, Another White band? Wizard, Gypsy Hawk And
8: uh, Overloaded Overloaded, right, yeah, yeah, correct. Overloaded, yeah, yeah. Overloaded, yeah Yeah that Excellent. was a trivia question. <laughs> yeah, you, you stumped me almost. Yeah, Overloaded, great band out of Detroit. Uh, Eric's going to speak with us. After that, we'll hear from our good friend who has also been an
7: enormous part of the podcast, Bumblefoot. Eating with Bumblefoot, a classic episode. Yeah. I refer to that on a daily basis. Yes. We'll yes, talk about that later. Yes,
8: and uh, so many great episodes with Bumblefoot. Then, a guy I always wanted to interview, so I'm Thrilled that for the first time amazing. in 500 episodes we have who John, Phil and Selmo. Yes, he's going to talk to us. He tells an amazing story about Carrie King. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Hey, remember when I used to say amazing a lot? Amazing. I still say it. It's amazing. amazing. 500 amazing episodes. This is
7: amazing yes. that we are here doing the 500th episode of Talking Metal.
8: And we being here, John is talking about the East Village of New York City at the Double Down
7: Bar. Double uh, Down. I thought it was called Double D. Double D, I like that, Yeah, too. I thought it was Double D. Bud Friendly, any comments on Double D versus Double Down?
6: Uh, all I know is Mark drank a glass of ass juice I did, and yeah. blew the whole first fucking episode of this take of this take. <laughs> this <laughs> bar here. is famous
8: for punk rock. We do metal, but we like punk, too, so we're hanging out here. It's famous for vintage 80s porn on the screen. There's yes. Oh, I didn't... I did not uh, realize that there was one right behind me, a screen. That's good. There's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Bud Friendly wants to know. And uh, the asses are good on these monitors, too. Um, uh, This is some vintage SD
7: Asian. It's nice. Yeah. Um, For for all you who are wondering about this ass juice thing, uh, this bar is famous both in Vegas and New York. We're having something that is called ass juice. I am not willing to try it. Uh, however, Mark is And uh, we've heard a lot of stories about what goes into
6: this What do you think goes into it, Bud Friendly? Uh, of course there's, there is are several asses uh, I also heard that th- As a fact That uh, it is a uh, uh, They take all the half-empty drinks And pour it into one tub I, I believe it's probably some sort of punch Otherwise the Board yes. of Health would shut this place down And believe me I've shut a few places down know, yeah, with that juice. <laughs> I heard that
7: uh, Alice Cooper, this may be a, a, like a rumor. What are those called? Those like weird rumors. But I heard Urban that, legend. Yeah, urban legend. I heard that he once had the whole front row spit into a cup and then he drank it on stage. Yeah, not true. I don't think. That's yeah, not but, true? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs>
8: but speaking of Alice Cooper, we have, you got to have a hot chick on episode 500. Correct. So we have, not that Alice Cooper is a hot chick. His guitar player is a hot chick Her Correct. name is Nita Strauss The very beautiful and very good All looks and everything aside This, this person, this woman she rocks. Can Play, She, she rocks, rocks. She can play Very talented Yeah, Nita Strauss will be on the episode today That's four of the five we've told you And then to bring things full circle Back to the beginning We have Michael Sweet from Striper appearing So right now let's get into a little music This is one of my favorite songs of all time John It's called Wrathchild by Iron Maiden.
7: guys that was wrath child by iron maiden one of my all time favorite bands one of mark's all time favorite songs you're listening to episode 500 that's right of talking metal quick quick story before we get into the next interview bud friendly one of the family members
6: yes of talking metal if this is a family, I'd like to be considered the uh, drunk uncle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you'd like to be
7: considered the member. The member.
6: There you go. <laughs> so anyway.
7: Bud Friendly is wearing what some, some in this bar have referred to as a gorgeous gold sequined Mask, beautiful, it's pretty, freaking great. Yes, Bud Friendly is here. Gold sequin mask. We will awesome. not have five hundred episodes. episodes
8: in the show notes, by the way. We 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 <laughs> may not, but I might try to sneak one. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. Anyways, right now, without further ado, let's get into these interviews. This is our old friend Eric Kluber. Eric, you've been a big part of the show. I appreciate you coming back on episode five hundred. Here's my chat with Eric Kluber of Overloaded. White Wizard and Gypsy Hawk here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal here on the 500th episode of Talking Metal. And our first guest tonight is on the line Eric, how are you?
5: What's up, Mark? Congratulations on 500 episodes.
8: Dude, I really appreciate it, and you have been a part of many, many episodes. It, I don't know. I mean, like, what, six, maybe seven, maybe eight, nine episodes we've had you on? I can't re- even remember.
5: Yeah, it seems like one to two a year. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You know, I found out about you way back in the day, I believe, through Revolver Magazine. They wrote oh. a blurb about you.
8: Right. They wrote an article about us. I'm guessing like 2006, 2007. Yeah. I was probably... still
5: in Detroit, man.
8: Yeah. Probably 2006. You were playing with overloaded at that time.
5: Yeah, that's right, man. Great. I like band. How you, always, you always pronounce it overloaded instead of overloaded. This is pretty funny. <laughs> that to be an East coast thing. Oh
8: yeah. Yeah. Different, <laughs> different accent on the uh, syllables. Huh. Interesting. And then from there, you, you headed out West and you were with white wizard for a while. And we had you on a few times when you were with them and yeah. Gypsy Hawk, and what's
5: going on right now? Well, right now I'm filling in for a friend's band. Uh, he just called me up and asked me if I'd fill in for a show they got at the Whiskey. Uh, going to be opening for Raven and Night Demon. Uh, my friend's band is called Savage Rain, so that was out of the blue. And I'm looking for some. I'm looking for a cool touring band. And uh, you know the, the type of bands that I play with. I mean, I'm really into the old-school metal sound. Um, sometimes it gets lumped into the stoner rock sound. And um, so if there's any bands out there looking for a pro touring guitarist, uh, need either a fill-in or lo- you know, love to find a project to become a full-time band member with, hit me up. Hit me up through Facebook, something like that. Absolutely. And you are, are you still doing the guitar lesson stuff? Yeah, still doing guitar lessons. Um, you know, over in at Guitar Center Studio and privately. So the best way to get a hold of me is, is Facebook. And also, um, looks like I'm going to be doing an overloaded reunion show back in Detroit um, in December, I think December 20th, and we're figuring that out right now. So it's always oh. fun to see those guys. And how often do you do those? Because you've done that before, right? I've done it many times. It seems to work out about once a year. And I like the timing of it this year because it's kind of uh, Detroit and... You know, I I don't see the snow very much anymore unless I'm on tour. So to go back to Detroit and have a Christmas time show and I know it'll be a total arctic wasteland and everyone will be off for Christmas break. I think it'll be I think it'll be really really awesome. And are those guys
8: that you played with back in the day? It's all the original guys that get back together for
5: the reunion shows? It is. It is. It's all the original band members, which is Pretty exceptional, I've come to find out, you know. The bands yeah, definitely. Just, just cycle through members, man. And um, absolutely, man. I stay in touch with Chris Gillen and Lorenzo Gonzalez from Overloaded <laughs> all the time, man. Cool.
8: <laughs> and would there ever be a chance that you guys would do new music?
5: You know, we've talked about it. I would not be opposed at all. You know, it's just a realistic. Um, you just have, you know what you just have to sit down and do it. It's one thing to talk about; it's it's totally possible. So you never know what's gonna happen in the future, you know. Um, like I said, right now I'm looking for a new project. So any touring bands that need a you know competent lead guitar player or rhythm yeah, guitar, yeah, player.
8: an excellent lead guitar or player. or bass
5: player. I've done that too. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yes.
8: And the show with Raven. Tell me again who who's the band that you're playing with at that show?
5: Savage Rain. Savage They're, Rain. Okay. They're a young thrash metal band out here in uh, LA and they're just they're super cool guys and they just actually called me last night and the gig is the 20th so it's like a week and a half away you know so it's like uh, all right let's do it you know cool it's,
8: I just you know? saw Raven here in New York and it was just a hell of a show really a lot of fun <laughs> oh
5: so, man and did the guitar player do a standalone guitar solo?
8: Yeah, he did, and it was just just
5: rocking. The place was was I freaking out. I think so, man. Uh, the uh, The mics kind of throw me off, but besides that, I think they kill it. You know what I am talking about? N-
8: no, what do you mean like, the Queensrÿch mics?
5: Word? Oh, the uh, the head the headsets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, the Sammy Hagar mics, I would call. Okay. them. Right? <laughs> that's another way of talking about. But anyway, yeah, we I remember Gypsy Hawk opened for them in Diamond Head like oh about a half a year ago, and Savage Rain was on that show too. So. Small world, you know. And White Wizard opened for Raven. That was one of my first shows. I was at um, was it Club Europa in in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. the first time we came out to New York, man. So it's it's just a small world and just like reoccurring cast of characters. You know what I mean? Absolutely, definitely. Well, listen,
8: we have to let you go because this episode is just jam packed with with interviews. But I I totally appreciate you coming on. You've been somebody who's been with us since way back when and oh, yeah. uh, you know it's it's great to reconnect with you Eric and we're gonna get into a uh, interview with the one in, one and only Phil Salmo. ever run into that guy
5: you know I did back in the early 90s I used to work for a music publication in Detroit called Jamrag and they were doing a marijuana legalization petition back in the day and so I when I saw Pantera on the uh, far beyond driven tour with crowbar he was out and I said hey Phil." could you sign this for me? He said, fuck yeah, dude. And then he just like wrote it, Phil Anselmo, and it said, Pantera says so. And then the uh, magazine printed it the next edition, (laughs) which was pretty sweet.
8: Nice. Very good. Cool. Well, Eric, thanks so much. And what do you want to play? Let's get into any song, Gypsy Hawk, White Wizard, Overloaded, you you name it. Any song you want to play or maybe something else that you want to send me. Um, Anything you want to play for the Talking Metal listeners?
5: How how about uh, State Lines by Gypsy Hawk?
8: Sounds perfect. All right, right. Eric, take care.
5: Later.
7: a brief check-in with eric kluber followed by state lines by gypsy hawk yes thanks eric thank you buddy welcome you've been here and now you're back on episode 500. yeah hopefully you'll
8: be with us for another 500 eric speaking of old friends who've been such a big part of the 500 episodes bumblefoot ron fall is here today again with a very brief check-in but Let's quickly check up He's technically not here right
7: now, but but the interview has happened earlier.
6: He's out making hot sauce, apparently, Yeah, I bought some hot
7: sauce off his site
6: this week, actually. Speaking
7: of hot sauce, we had a great, great episode. (laughs) Uh, Bud (laughs) Friendly thought I was talking about something else, but anyway, uh, we had a great episode called Eating With Bumblefoot that lives with me on a daily basis, and I don't even know if Bumblefoot would realize that this is true but it is for two reasons one i frequently have chicken cutlets and macaroni salad for breakfast uh, purchased at the starlight deli <laughs> in new york city 44th street between 7th and 8th avenue sometimes i leave my credit card there anyway i now like macaroni salad because bumblefoot introduced me to sadie's macaroni yeah, salad down in special the macaroni Princeton salad area, yeah. and pepper turkey is my favorite Cold cut. Yes. I love like it. like other cuts, but uh, that's my favorite cold cut.
6: Very good. Very For good. those of
7: you listening at home,
6: John's favorite cold cut is peppered turkey. Oh, yeah. yeah.
7: Another oh, talking yeah. metal toast. Another talking yeah. metal toast?
6: Yeah.
8: Yeah. You should have heard the first version of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Anyways, here's the deal. I'm
7: is, drinking yeah. a
6: little vodka cranberry. Uh, I'm drinking whatever is in front of me in this glass. It's a some sort of beer. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer. The yeah, Mark bought
7: previously me. drank
8: some ass juice. We covered that in the yeah, earlier did. segment. I, I, I did drink some ass juice. Here's Bumblefoot, guys. Hey, guys, on the line checking in here on episode 500 is our old friend Bumblefoot. How are you, man?
3: How the hell are you? <laughs> it's been way too long. I missed you guys.
8: Yeah, well, we missed you, man. It has been way too long. And, you know, we're celebrating episode 500 tonight. And I just wanted to thank you for all the support you gave us by coming on the show in the early days. You know, we did our eating with Bumblefoot and all sorts of podcasts with you back in the day. There was the Miss Bumblefoot podcast. I don't know if you remember that one, but there was so many times you've been on the show and we just really appreciate the support you gave us early on. Not to mention the work you did with us on the Fuse show, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Um, Just so many great memories. And again, thank you from John and I for helping us really launch Talking Metal and get it on the map.
3: No, absolutely my pleasure. What you guys do is is wonderful for so fans of metal, and, and I'm grateful that I could be part of it, that I've been part of it, and will continue to be part of it whenever you want me.
8: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we def- you know, this is just a brief check-in on, on episode 500, but we definitely want to get you back for a longer interview down the road, maybe when the album is finished. I know you're working on an album right now. How's that going?
3: It's going great. It's going slowly, but it's going great. You know, everything always takes three times longer than you think it's gonna. And with this one, you know, I got off the the Guitar Gods tour with Gary Hoey and Ingve Malmsteen and jumped back into the studio. And right now, as we speak, I'm finishing the lead guitar tracks for the album. And then all I got to do is a little percussion, some... Mix it and get it out there.
8: Cool. And stylistically, how will this compare to some of the other Bumblefoot records?
3: You know, it's coming out different. It's, it's. I don't know, is it mellow? Is it, I don't know why. It's just, it's a lot more melodic. Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more melodic. And it's pretty. Cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. Hopefully it's not too pretty for people, but... I hope
8: people like it. And Dennis is working with you on this?
3: Dennis has kicked ass all over that album. Yeah, great drum track.
8: Love Dennis's drumming. Definitely. Great guy, too. Cool, man. Well, again, thank you, Ron, for being a part of Talking Metal, and thank you for checking in with us here on episode 500. I was on your site today, and of course I had to buy some hot sauce.
3: (laughs) Very cool, man. So yes, yes, here's to 500 wonderful episodes, and here's to another 500 more.
8: Absolutely, and the second the record is done and you're ready to talk about it, let's get back together and talk some metal here on Talking Metal.
3: Sounds wonderful. You guys have a great one. Thanks so much. Will
1: come to pass, and it all happened in the dash. Some of the numbers on each side.
8: you just heard was the song Dash off of the 2008 Abnormal album by Bumblefoot. And that is available on iTunes. Go show your support. Go buy that. John, we've been accepted to iHeartRadio.
7: Yes. Yes. That is a great thing. Thanks to your diligence in the campaign to get Talking Metal on iHeartRadio. I got an email from them saying diligent work thank, thank you, you. <laughs> i
8: got an email from them saying we're on so it's non-music versions of the show that'll be on iHeartRadio. so that's uh very exciting news and this episode is brought to you by the defenders of the old fest happening in brooklyn new york on march 13th and 14th featuring the reunited exciter when i say reunited i mean that classic lineup of dan beeler john Ricci, alan johnson This show will be at the Bell House. It also features a lot of other great bands, including the Rods. So I will see you there. John will see you there. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be great. All right, man. And without further ado, let's get into a little down. And this is the big one, guys. Phil has finally joined us. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. I think it's a great interview here on Talking Metal. I'm terrible Guys, what you just heard was Conjure by Down, and on the line we have Phil. How are you? What's going on, big brother? Thanks so much for calling in. I am psyched because Down is going to be heading out on tour again. You're going to hit some shows in Japan, and then you're doing a North American run that you guys are calling the punk rock, but kinda not tour. What's the meaning behind that title? <laughs>
4: First and foremost, it's an attitude thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, we don't, we're not a big puff band, you know, not a bunch of image and and whatnot, and we're pretty loose up there, and then it's kind of like, uh, if you crash out wearing a a t-shirt and whatever, whatever you crash out in, then it ought to be just good enough to wake up, roll over, and get on the same stage and wearing the same outfit in a different town, you know. Right on. But, but also, uh, you know, with, with, with the lineup, it, it's going to be very interesting because uh, first we got, you know, Orange Goblin, who are fucking, uh I'm sorry, uh, am I supposed to not curse?
8: You can curse. It's cool.
4: It's cool. Ah, well, fucking hell, I'm sorry. Sorry, i Stops in mid-sentence. Anyway, uh, Orange Goblin kicks ass, and they're really much kind of in the in the same vein as Down uh, to a certain degree. Uh, but then there's bands on the bill like the Mighty Blast, who are definitely uh, a much revered uh, hardcore band, uh, very very black of flag-ish and I don't think they would, con- they would argue with that assessment, and, and they're incredible. And uh, King Parrot uh, from Australia, who are really, uh, in my opinion, a, a thrash band okay. with a lot of hardcore attitudes. So it's an awesome bill, in my opinion. So uh, if I wasn't in the band, I might even attend the show
8: myself cool cool well that kind of brings me to my next question you have the Housecore Horror Film and Music Festival coming up and there's so many great bands we'll first start talk about the bands and then we'll talk about the the films but you know from Guar to Unearth to uh, a super joint ritual reunion I Hate God Danzig who specifically are you excited to see at this year's Housecore Horror Festival well
4: yeah uh, man I tell you what, I, it's unfair for me to to leave anybody up because honestly, I'm I'm extremely excited about all the bands. Uh, but this might be an obvious one for anybody that knows me or follows what the hell I talk about, uh, which is debatable. But um, the Mighty Portal from Australia it will be there, and and that is. Uh, a slam dunk, in my opinion cool but, but you know but also i, I man once again like you got me uh stuck uh stuck here right, right. <laughs> i mean Voivod and and uh so many other bands man neurosis and once again I ate god and all these bands man. Uh, and i can't leave out my brother Glenn Danzig doing Sam Hayne that's gonna right be on. incredible so it's it, it's it's a it's overwhelming uh but also uh tons of fun so that's what i'm looking for
8: and people are excited about the super joint reunion how is that going how are the rehearsals going for that
4: actually they're going pretty good man no no uh no uh slip ups or anything like that i think we got a really solid set going so uh that that should be very interesting to say the least
8: and what about the films? Do you hand pick the films that'll be shown at the festival?
4: A lot of the known films or uh older films, I I guess I should say definitely uh, were a selection between myself and uh Corey Mitchell uh and and uh you know uh I don't really have a list of uh, all the films in front of me right now, but I know we have some fantastic ones from the past that we're showing and and very excited to show. And not to mention, we have the cast for uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre part one and two, all going to be there. And I think it's their first time as a group, actually uh, viewing the film together all at one time. So, so that's exciting in itself, uh, and and then there's always the submissions that we get from up-and-comers, uh, uh, newer directors, and stuff like that. That's always exciting for me. You know, this year, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> to be honest, I think last year we had uh, more. Oh, how do I say this diplomatically? I, I, I think that I think this year uh, these uh, up and coming films, uh, the submissions that we get, are, 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 are interesting. Right. I, I won't say that that uh, a lot of them were were great to pick through, but the ones that we finally did narrow down i think are very very good so uh i'm looking forward to that as always
8: cool what do you consider to be one of the best horror films of like the last two or three years
4: Ooh, that's a toughie man because uh i will watch 10 in a row and then it all becomes jumbled but uh, honestly uh there was a movie and I'm not sure if it's the last couple of years, but at least uh, the last five years, there's been a couple of films that have maybe jumped out at me. There was a remake of the classic horror tale, uh, the yellow wallpaper that I think uh, ran on Netflix for a while. That was, that was, I thought was a very interesting adaptation. And then, uh, I think the the film Absentia okay. had a, a very uh, grim mood about it and, and, a, and a very strange twist uh, at the end. And then there's a generically titled film and watch. Now I'm going to blank out on you. Golly, what is the name of this movie? Uh, Do you ever see Jug Face? Well, I that was a seen that, weirdo no. flick. I thought uh, Pontypool was was interesting, but uh, the one that really gets me that I thought was uh, I, all right. I got two films right okay. now that I'll say. Cool. Wakewood was was strange in in, in its own way, unexpected. Uh, I hate to compare it. Really, with something as classic as uh, the the original Wicker Man from 1972, but it does have shades of uh, sort of a Wicker Man type plot, and then uh, the film that I was talking about, uh, like I said, a very generic look to the packaging and uh, and and the title. But a movie called *The Pact* I thought was was damn good uh, and very surprising. So you know, I, I'm really I'm a uh, you know I'm a classic horror lover uh, of all I guess eras and, and decades gone by. But, but you know, I still think today there are some outstanding films and and definitely I think The Pact is one of
8: them. Nice, nice. I was just online watching some of the the clips of you on the Motorhead Motorboat cruise and Sorry for that. <laughs> you're not you're not happy with the the
4: clips? No, I haven't even seen them. I was uh, just uh, apologizing ahead of time.
8: No, no, I thought they were great. I thought it's so much fun to see you do the the old Pantera stuff. And I know you've, you've done them live with, uh, the illegals is, is is it ever emotionally tough to revisit those songs?
4: It's not emotionally tough. No, it isn't because it's, you know, the audience is there and and really, uh, Pantera were uh, very incredible years in my life, very remarkable years of my life. And, uh, when you're in front of an audience like that, and everybody is uh, super enthusiastic about the songs and, and, and they're singing the songs with you, uh, you know, it, those songs are really no longer our songs, you know, those are the people's songs. So right. you know it, it's, uh,
8: honestly, it's always uh, quite a pleasure to tell the truth. Cool, cool. And speaking of Pantera songs, a few years back you guys put out, I guess from the vaults I would say, a song called Piss. Is there anything else left in the Pantera vaults?
4: You know, we were never a band really to waste much material. And honestly, from my withered memory banks, I don't think there is one scrap of anything resembling a a song left really that that didn't go on a record already so i, I think we've exhausted that little uh avenue right there but but honestly uh, i think uh, i think everybody's heard
8: everything we've put out really at at this point cool cool now Rex put out a book a, a number of years back and it's been written that you're working on one too.
4: Well, I have put uh, I've definitely postponed this book thing for quite a while and and really it's a it's a tough process to do, you know, uh, and it really takes a lot of heads down work to do this and I've been so incredibly busy with uh, my first love of my life which is music I'm not a book writer you know I'm a songwriter I'm a a, uh, live performer and that's what I love and that's what I've been doing but having said that you know uh, I think eventually I'll get around to doing it and writing it and uh, hopefully hopefully you know i think what I, my biggest aim is 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 uh, to be more uh, i guess upbeat about things than perhaps Rex's came across and uh, you know because there was a lot more good than there was a lot than there was bad right. up to a certain point you know there isn't a day. Well, you know, I've said this a million times, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't think a dime bag in one fashion or another, and and, and uh, you know, I don't think anything gets lower than that.
8: Right. So when you look back on it, it was just there's a lot more good memories and bad memories for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hands down. Very cool, and. Talk about Kerry King. He seems to be somebody who had an influence on what you guys did in Pantera. Do you remember meeting him for the first time?
4: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Pantera, before we were signed, would play every weekend in the DFW area or uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, or whatever, you know, along those circuits. And um, we had a weekend booked playing in a, a club in Dallas. And uh, which really consisted of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Slayer were playing right down the street on, uh, I believe, the beginning of the South of Heaven tour. And they were playing on a Saturday night. They got in town on a Friday, and... My boxing coach used to be a, a, a radio DJ, and he, he called my house and says, "Hey, man, I got Tom O'Reilly in here. Uh, you want to talk to him? You want to meet him?" I'm like, "Definitely," you know. So I talked to Tom on the phone briefly for a moment, and then, uh, sure enough, he brought Tom, Kerry, and Jeff, rest in peace, out to the show right. well, that night uh, on Friday. And, uh, we met all those guys and, uh, they, they got up on stage and did uh, a couple songs with us. We knew rain and blood and, and, and oh gosh, uh, one other song. I can't, my is uh, like I say, pathetic, but, um, Carrie and I hit it off and, and we, uh, exchanged phone numbers and really, you know, uh, he kept in touch quite a bit, and and it was awesome, especially for a, a kid like I was at the time, who really, you know, for me, the the, the greatest bands from California, especially at the time, were uh, Black Flag and Slayer. So, uh, and definitely at the time, that. Uh, Slayer was uh, just a be-all, end-all for me. And, and, and to befriend a guy like Kerry King was a huge thing. So um, Kerry would, you know, he would call all the time, and when he would have downtime or off time from the road, he would fly in and come hang out with us. Um, and this was around the time where I was... Beating my head against the wall, desperately trying to turn the guys onto Pan the guys in Pantera on to heavier music, right. and and Slayer was uh, uh, the paramount band that I, I was saying, please give them a chance. And sure enough, you know, uh, Dimebag and and I, you know, would listen to Hell awaits, and he, you know, started to get it and feel it, but one specific time when Kerry King called me and he says, Hey, and I said, yes. And he says, I'm coming down. I said, okay. And he said, but this time I don't want to mess around. I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, I want to jam. And I said, well, uh, let me ask the rest of the guys and see what we can do. So he flew in early in the week so we could work out an entire set. And I think and matter of fact, I'll go on record and say I positively know that Dimebag and Kerry King sitting down with each other opened up Dimebag's eyes, and really, uh, eventually, the rest of the guy's eyes uh, to the power of the thrash riff and 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 the magic of it, and 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 really influenced us. Uh, to to push our own music, you know, really uh, over the edge and, and really uh, all props to Kerry King there. And that night was an awesome night. Matter of fact, it was two nights in a row, and we did Slayer songs. Uh, Kerry King did old Pantera songs with us. Right. We did Judas Priest songs, and, and it was fun, man. It was a blast. And also, I can't uh, go into how much it really, really changed the direction of uh, of Pantera.
8: Now, when you say he did old Pantera songs with you, are you talking about stuff that was on, like, the power metal record?
4: Absolutely, yes. Matter of fact, yes, he did. Matter of fact, he, uh, he played the song Power Metal with us, which is a very intricate riff in itself. And we even modified the song where there was a breakdown part where uh diamond and, and Kerry went into this uh creepy uh slayer-esque melodic uh, or anti-melodic harmony type uh, guitar thing and it was it was uh, very spontaneous but but still cool as hell man really really awesome
8: now, when he came down to jam with you guys, uh, did you, was he just trying to help you guys out, or was he, like, interested in maybe working with you on some level?
4: Ooh, you know, I shouldn't probably talk about this, but uh, I do think, well, I'll put it like this, he was having fun, you know, I don't think he was trying to help us as much as, uh, as have fun himself, you know, and and jam with Dimebag because I know uh, Dimebag blew his mind and, uh, as a guitar player, and 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 really uh, he loved, you know. I guess his love of Judas Priest and where my vocal range was at the time, uh, he loved it, you know. And, and I, I think it was a, a nice departure for him. To come down and jam with us. So really I'll just say he was having fun. But I could say more, but I won't.
8: <laughs> right on, right on. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling into Talking Metal today. We really appreciate your
4: time. You got a big brother. Anytime, anywhere. All right, bro. See ya. Redmond,
1: Redmond, so conspiracy, crucified.
7: was Cemetery Gates on Talking Metal episode 500 by Pantera. Yeah, absolutely.
8: Going into that interview, we heard a little down and like John told you, coming out of the interview, Pantera, crazy interview with Phil. At least I thought that was crazy at the end. I mean, what is he saying about Cary King? Did Cary King actually want to join Pantera back in the power metal era of Pantera? Was he, was he considering producing him? He, he wanted to work with them on some level? Phil, Kind of leaves that open a little bit, but definitely uh, Phil implies there's more to the story
7: there. So that uh, is breaking news. In I, my I opinion. think so. That I is think breaking
8: so. freaking uh, news. I think I, I'm I'm going with Carrie was maybe considering joining Pantera as a second guitar player. That would be those, unbelievable. That, that's my that would have interpretation been of it. That would have been. That's unbelievable. not what Phil said, but that's my interpretation of it. So
7: a big you thanks. guys can take. Take it for what you want, but listen to the interview, listen to what he said, and try to figure that out. Big thanks to Mike Davis and Kim Davis for setting that interview up. John, you recently ran into them, right? Yeah, I ran into both Kim, Mike, and their lovely daughter at the Hell Yeah Volbeat and Five Finger Death Punch concert cool. at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey area. Yes. Cool. Coming and up, we have. Oh, go ahead, John. Quick thing. There's a really cool area near there called Ironbound, right? And it's just a great name, and it's also the name of an Overkill record. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I which I believe is named after that area. Yeah, it is because yeah. I think
8: Blitz is from that. that oh, cool that area. I think that's cool. like where what, you a, grew
7: what a up. great area to be from, Ironbound. Yeah. If you're from there, you should be in a metal group. Absolutely.
8: Coming up, we got Nita Strauss from Alice Cooper's Band and Michael Sweet from Striper, so please stay tuned for those interviews, guys. And now, let's turn the mic over to Bud Friendly Bud for a Fruity. Friendly words. Special announcement. Analogy.
6: Bud, how are you? Thank you, Mark. It's great. It's truly an honor to be here at the 500th episode of the, Talking Metal. The mask is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I had it specially made by the most special artisans on pl- the planet, really. Um, The silver spacecraft has uh, gotten a little rusty, and it's currently up on blocks on Mark's front lawn. But still, plenty of leg room. Speaking (laughs) of legs, this 500th episode has really spared no expense. Really, really, guys, you you really upped the prostitute budget tonight. A dozen high-end prostitutes. And as as a special treat, you guys sprung for real women. I like that. (laughs) No more of those lady boys, as we call C's with D's in the yeah, business. Yeah. <laughs> but what makes tonight's episode actually really special, it's not that it's just the 500th episode, it's the fact that John actually showed up. Very good. He's always here. Even if he's not here, he's always here in spirit. Yes. Well, uh, to always here in new, spirit. To any new listeners out there, may I introduce John? <laughs> I'm hey wearing hey guys Hey, guys. You got a visitor there? Yeah, a fan
7: just uh, yeah, came yeah, in. Yeah. Fans goosed me on the bottom. They're, 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 can't keep them away. We cannot keep the fans of Bud <laughs> Friendly away there. I was a little startled by that fan.
6: I, I believe it's my stalker. Yes. Oh, I'm wearing man. this special gold sequin mask for this 500th hey. episode. And now, as an unannounced special treat, oh, oh, oh. Don't, I want to do remove it. Don't, the don't, mask. Don't. Unmasking myself, revealing oh my I, I, to the I, I fans, don't know if you should do it. or at least the prostitutes in attendance my real identity for the first fucking time. Let's do the countdown. Okay. Three, Three, two, two, one. one reveal. It's me, Gene Simmons from KISS. Please support my arena football team. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you guys. Hey, congratulations Mark and John for 500. Un- unbelievable. Episodes. I cannot believe it. And apologies to anybody who actually listened to them.
8: Yeah. Who knew that who Bud Friendly knew? was actually Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons? The big reveal. Kiss.
7: Thank you Bud Friendly. Thanks for Thanks, being a Bud part Friendly. of the family. Yes. Thank, thank I love you it. for being part of the Talking Metal family. Who who would have known? I've been a big fan of Bud Friendly. Since second grade, I've been a KISS fan. It's been really freaking cool. And, you know, we were talking about vintage porn. I think Bud Friendly was in one of them earlier. We saw a guy laying down with a mask on, and there was a female doing something to him.
8: Wow. Nice. Very good. She looked crazy. We are at Double Down. Famous Double for down. the ass juice and vintage 70s and 80s porn. Heard, playing heard, on the, somebody uh,
7: yelled Mark. Is that another fan?
8: Yeah, there you metal. go. There you go. Anyways, crazy. we're going to get into some music right now. This is myself and John, along with Rob Dukes of Exodus, doing the classic Sabbath song, Snowblind, recorded back in 2012. We're gonna, then we're going to come t- back and talk briefly about our music. Mark and John's music. Anyways, this is Snowblind. Rob Dukes on vocals, John on guitar, myself on bass, along with some other guys who will announce after the song.
7: That was Snowblind by the Talking Metal family. Yes. Rob Duke's vocals, Mark Striegel, bass, myself on the guitar, Dan Lorenzo of Hades Nonfiction and Miscellaneous Other Groups (laughs) on guitar, and Ron Lipnicki of Overkill fame and Hades fame on the drum kit. Recorded by Dennis Leaflong
8: of Bumblefoot, yeah, of and the Bumblefoot and group. mixed. Recorded live. Everything you heard was live, but he did yeah, no he didn't give it a little mix. Yeah, he records yeah.
7: it and then he mixes it. All yeah. the Talking Metal jams are recorded live. Yeah, so you get all the mistakes, everything, you know, mixed
8: in there. It's all great. It sounds awesome. Dukes, one of the greatest singers of our yeah, time. No doubt Love about that
7: it. guy. That was a great tune. Mark, do you want to take a second to do a little history of our musical? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John, your musical past goes back a lot
8: further than mine. Now you used to play with your dad like when you were a little kid, like clubs. Correct.
7: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was a fourth grader playing in bars and a lot of biker bars. Back in the day, I played what drums. What were you playing,
8: guitar or d- drums? I was actually yeah. playing drums. Uh, although, I, you just played guitar on Snowblind, right? Yeah, yeah,
7: Yeah, I just played guitar on Snowblind. But back then, I was primarily playing drums on most of the tunes. My dad was playing guitar, except... For "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap," which oh, I play guitar and my dad played drums. That's great. And that's I great. sang lead vocals. Oh my god! That's Can you awesome. believe that? That's awesome. Yeah, from fourth grade on, I played a lot of gigs. Uh, probably just as many gigs as a young kid as I did as an adult guy. Wow. And and then um, you and I met at Berkeley College of Music yeah, in when we were seventeen. Mass. I'm forty four now. We've known each yeah. other since since we were seventeen. 17 yeah. Both of us were seventeen at the time. Crazy. I'm. F- I, 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 I'm 45. Are you 44 or 45? I'm 44. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. Yeah, I'm. 40, I'm
8: 44. Maybe
7: I'm only 44. I thought no, it was
8: 45. You're a little older than me. Yeah, I think. Oh, you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, not you're, much. You're like your two, two, three months in November, older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I okay. think you're two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. you're like two months, <laughs> one week older than me. Correct.
7: Yeah. Yes, I am uh, 45. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy, man. It is crazy.
6: I'm 72, but I wear a mask. <laughs> maybe John should start thinking about something like that. <laughs>
8: John just figured I, out how yeah, old he is. Yeah, too. I figured
7: out how old. 500 I, episodes in 45 years. I, I'm gonna get a hair system. I gotta get a. I gotta get the lifestyle lift, which usually yeah. only ladies get. But if yeah. you watch a lot of news channels, <laughs> I'm gonna get that. But seriously, I I'm in desperate need of lifestyle lift. Lifestyle lift. Little <laughs> hair transplant in the back, or or just like a weave. If they can glue it yeah. on. I'll be all right. <laughs>
8: There you go, there you go.
7: Little oh, there's a new thing. It's called the uh, Daisy Fuentes just came out with. It's called the secret extensions. I might get it. It's like a headband. You just wear that and <laughs> got extra hair coming out. You know, I don't know. Correct. You're, You're listening to episode yeah. 500. I'm, I'm not I'm editing. John's to... gonna call me tomorrow and be like, edit out all that stuff about the uh, <laughs> 500. Talking yeah. yeah. metal episode 500. You heard it there first. Uh, yeah. Let's just say I'm a big fan of that spray on hair. I don't yeah. know. I love it. <laughs> Ron Popill. It's all like right. he might be doing a commercial for a here. the rotisserie, but right before that he sprays a little hair on. I love it. It's pretty good. Very okay, good. I'm kidding. Yeah, Kiss, you know, I, I learned this. You, you spray extra black stuff on your hair, you know? Gotcha. That's what you do. Watch
8: out for the rain, huh? Anyways, the very beautiful Nita Strauss is here from Alice Cooper's band. I'm going to be saying hello to her at the garden show. You guys should all come out early to the Madison Square Garden Show alice cooper motley crew on october 28th i will be there and we're gonna go say hello to the alice cooper band minus alice cooper at 6 p.m they will be at the merchandise alice cooper table so go say hello to nita strauss she actually mentions this in the interview uh whenever where wherever you see alice cooper play live with motley crew so here we go a little nita strauss Hey guys, this is Mark Striegel and on the line we have Nita Strauss calling into Talking Metal. How are you, Nita?
2: I'm so good. Thank you for having me.
8: You bet. Thanks for taking the time to call in and I want to talk to you about your career and of course your tour with Alice Cooper. I guess we'll we'll start there. How did you land the gig with
2: Alice? Uh, well, I was actually recommended by a former member of Alice's band. Uh, he had to see me play and kind of the word was out in a, a small circle that Al was looking for a female guitar player when Oriante left the band. So I got recommended to his manager, Shep Gordon. And Shep uh, came to L.A. to meet with me, you know, to talk. She and Bob Ezrin and I, you know, had a little meeting. And they sent me some songs to listen. And the next thing I knew, I was on a plane getting ready to go on tour with Molly Crew.
8: Wow, wow. And who was the ex-member of the band that was recommending you?
2: It was actually Kip Winger.
8: Oh, wow, cool. So where do you know Kip from?
2: Um, Winger and a band that I was in with Tim had just played some shows together.
8: Oh, cool, cool. So, Chip
2: so ha- uh, had seen me play on the Monster the Rock cruise, and uh, when he heard the word that Alice was looking for a female Shark he put my name in.
8: Excellent. And how aware of Alice's catalog and history had you been prior to joining the band?
2: Very, very aware. And I think, you know, Alice Cooper is Alice Cooper's really one of those artists that transcends any kind of age or or genre you know no matter what kind of music you like no matter how old you are alice cooper's always there you know and it's really it's really obvious to see at shows because there's a big like there's a huge demographic next to the shows there's a lot of kids there's a lot of couples there's a lot of girls there's a lot of guys and it's really cool to see everybody coming together for such a great band
8: and out of all the eras of alice cooper i mean he went through so many different sounds so many different looks uh what what are your some of your personal favorites
2: for me, honestly, I like the I like the more it's it's fun for me to listen to the more shreddy stuff, you know, to listen to the stuff that Vi and Satriani played on and you know, that's the stuff that, that I find fun to listen to and fun to play on stage. But uh, but I mean it's impossible to really pick a real favorite.
8: Now you were I think out on tour with Alice when the the famous and great Dick Wagner recently passed away. Did Alice share any thoughts or memories about Dick with you?
2: Um, you know, we we were out on tour, and uh, it was a, a very dark day on uh, on our tour bus when we found that out. Um, it was it was it was really sad. You know, we were I think we were all together when the news came in, and it was uh, it was a very very dark time, you know, for us. And we still actually. We, uh, the band members do a little, like, we all put our hands together, you know, and do, like, a little group talk before each show. We always mention Dick's name and, you know, and, and his legacy and that. So he's definitely very much a part of the show still.
8: Excellent, excellent. And you're out with Motley Crew for just a massive, exciting, long tour. Any run-ins oh with the Motley guys? Do you, do you have any contact with any of those guys while you're touring?
2: The guys are great. They're really, really cool. Nicky in particular, like he'll actually just come and hang out in our dressing room and talk about, you know, bands and and touring and war stories and stuff. Uh, but you know, and the, and the guys are, are very, very cool. You know, they're all sober now, so it's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's not like the crazy party that you all hear about Molly Crue tours being.
8: Right on, right on. What else is up for you musically at this point? Are you recording solo records? Are you working with other bands?
2: I'm actually in the process of writing my first solo record, which I'm really, really excited about. Uh, We've been off this tour for about a month, so I've been taking a lot of time and doing that. And uh, also doing a lot of sessions. I just played on an album for a cool band from Italy called Talker's Guild. And uh, working on some soundtracks and stuff like I always do.
8: Excellent. And you do a lot of session work in the L.A. area?
2: I do, yeah. That's actually how I make my primary bread and butter payment rent is uh is doing sessions.
8: And how do you get hooked up with sessions? Is it like a, a agent that works with advertising people? Oh or? no, I no, I
2: do
8: everything myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Now, even outside of the hard rock and and heavy metal world, you've done a lot of guitar work. And I was reading on your Wikipedia page uh Jermaine Jackson. You've had some That's right. Yeah, how did that all come about? Um, you know, it
2: I've been so lucky in, in my career to have just been recommended for these really great gigs and really fun tours. I think it's really a testament to if you work hard and you're on time and you're, you know, pleasant to be around, you'll end up working. Right. <laughs> At least that's what worked for me. You know. So I was recommended uh, to Jermaine Jackson's band by Mike Prince, uh, who was Michael Jackson's engineer for many years. And um, I had recorded some stuff in my Prince's studio and, when Jermaine was looking for a guitar player, my name got thrown in, and it just once again it just sort of worked out. Being punctual and, and you know not making any drama and playing well it will get you pretty far in this business.
8: Excellent. Now I know you use Ibanez guitars, right? Yes, that's right. And I was looking at a video of you online, and it looked like you were playing through a Bogner. Are you a big fan of those amps?
2: I do. I love my Bogner. I love my Bogner. I'm actually using Blackstar amps on this tour, on the the Cooper tour. Because the Bogners have that more modern, like really overdriven, punchy sound, and it's not quite right for the Alice Cooper songs. It's great for what I do, you know, on my solo stuff, but you know, and playing Iron Maiden songs and all that. But the Black Stars give me that more classic, simple tone that uh, that you need for the classic songs.
8: Excellent. Yeah, I own a, a Shiva head, a Bogner Shiva head. And I, oh, I just love
2: amazing, it. amazing, right? Yeah. My actually Reinhold made my Bogner for me. Oh, nice! Yeah, I have I have an Uber shawl with an extra C clean channel.
8: Oh, very, very, nice. very <laughs>
2: nice. It's I think for me it's it's like it's having a Picasso painted by Picasso, you know?
8: Right. Awesome.
2: GT eighty eight, all tricked out. It's awesome.
8: <laughs> very good. And now you mentioned the Iron Maidens. Are, you're completely done with them at this point.
2: You know, the funny thing is, I was actually never in that band. You know, there was this big perception, like, oh, she quit Iron Maidens. I was actually never in Iron Maidens. I was a fill in for them. You know, I I did a lot of shows with them over a few years, but they haven't had a permanent guitar player in the Dave Murray position for a long time.
8: Okay. And is that? It's always
2: been me and Nikki Stringfield or Neely Brosh or Heather Baker. You know, there's like this sort of rotating cast of guitar players. There was just a while where I was doing most of the shows.
8: Ah, okay. So when you were filling in with them, you were doing the Dave Murray parts?
2: Cool. I've seen the
8: Dave Murray parts and the lion's share of the Ionic parts. Right. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. And you were only born in 1986. You know, a band like Iron Maiden was, in, in a lot of people's eyes, peaking at that point.
2: And Alice Cooper. <laughs> and, well,
8: Alice Cooper for that matter, too. What, <laughs> what draws you to the, the hard rock and heavy metal sounds, being such a young person?
2: That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, I never really thought of it as an age thing because I grew up listening to hard rock and heavy metal. You know, even, like, more modern bands when I started playing guitars, listening to, like, Slipknot and Trivium and, you know, this kind of stuff. But those songs, I mean, you know, they're, they're just great songs. They're just awesome songs to listen to. You listen to a song, like, 18 or Schooled Out. Like, that's a song, like I said earlier, it just resonates with everybody. There's no, you know, like, it's my mom loves it, my little sister loves it, and I love it. And my dad loves it. It's like... All different all different people, all different ages, all different genders and everything. It just transcends all of that.
8: Excellent. And uh, I'll be at the show in New York City, Madison Square Garden in a couple weeks. You're coming to the garden? Yeah, I will be my there. My mom's
2: coming. Oh,
8: excellent. <laughs> now have you ever played on stage at the garden before?
2: I have actually never been to the garden.
8: A pretty historic I've place. I've never
2: ever been. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely blown away that I'm you know, I got to play in my hometown. Uh, the show of my dreams at the Hollywood Bowl earlier this summer and now to get to do Madison Square Garden in the same year it's just absolutely an unbelievable honor, I'm just just so thankful to be be with the band and be doing this stuff
8: yeah well it's quite an an accomplishment so congratulations on that thank you, thank you very much just so the fans know, I know a lot of Talking Metal listeners are going out to see the Alice Cooper Motley Crue Tour that's that's currently happening, what is a good time in general to arrive at the venue so we don't miss any of the the Alice Cooper set? Last time I saw Alice, he was with Iron Maiden, and I actually got there thinking I would catch his whole set, and I missed the first three songs. So when is a good Ah. time to arrive to catch you guys from the get-go? Well,
2: actually, I'm glad you asked that, because we do a free meet-and-greet before every single show. Um, you know, it's usually myself and Ryan Roxy. Every once in a while, um, Chocolate Tommy or Glenn, the drummer, will come out. But it's it's the members of the band, not not Alice, but the members of the band always do a free meet and greet. Uh, and that is usually about 6 o'clock, and that's by and by the main merch, like the merch stand. Okay. And all the info, um, if you go to facebook.com slash lot, you can find all the information. Just sign up, and we'll hang out there and take pictures and find stuff and, you know, just chat about gear and metal and my dogs, or whatever anybody wants to talk about. Very good. And then uh, you, we generally go on stage around 7.30, 7.40 on each tour.
8: Okay, good to know. And yeah. what should we tell the the Talking Metal listeners about? Is there anything we missed, anything you want to promote, website, merchandise, anything we need uh, to Yeah, do?
2: actually, I'm really excited that my, my website, com is live now. And it's got some video guitar lessons up there. I do tour blogs and the merch. I'm actually looking at a giant stack. Of merch posters and um, guitar pick packs and a bunch of cool stuff. It's gonna be up in the shop in the next week. So meetestrows is the place to find all that cool stuff and also lots of exclusive videos and photos and all that good stuff.
8: Great. We will have that link through today's show notes and Thank I'll you. I'll see you in New York. I'm gonna to try to come to the, the meet and greet that you mentioned.
2: Perfect. Please do.
8: And it would yeah, it'd be and great you to get to meet you. Can you get pictures and stuff at the meet and greet?
2: Oh yeah. Okay, That's perfect. What it's all
8: perfect. Excellent. Nita, thank you very much. Thank you. What you just heard was 18 by Alice Cooper from 1971's Love It to Death album, produced by Jack Richardson and Bob Ezrin, recorded 15 years before
7: Nita Strauss was born. Isn't that, that crazy? That is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I saw Alice last in Detroit area. Uh, it was oh, yeah? be called the Pine Knob Amphitheater. Um, uh, what's the What's the name of it now? Do you guys know? No, was it was Somebody this with Ace or up. something? Or yeah, Ace opened up for Alice Cooper oh. in 2011, I would say.
8: I saw this video online of of Ace and Alice playing rock and roll all night together. Yeah, I
7: think that was at Berkeley. Believe it or not, oh, at yeah? the Berkeley Performance oh, really? Center, okay. Berkeley College of Music in Boston, yes. where John and I met. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, they did some kind of a benefit show there, and uh, they played along with Ricky Bird, I believe. Ooh, I hear some cool song. What is this? Oh, now okay, I thought it sounded metal, but now it sounds punk. Yeah, yeah. we're at a punk rock bar here in the East Village in New York City
8: called Double Down. Double Down. And you guys are listening to Talking Metal, the 500th episode. Big thanks to all the listeners who've stuck with us through the years. To the listeners who are new to the show, to the old-timers, to everybody, I mean, Burt Gabriel. Bert Gabriel. Exciter. Z-Man. Bill Shata Wang. Donnie G. Another guy by the name of Bill Wang. Yeah. I mean, so many guys. Uh, I, 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 I should have written a list of all the the listeners. There's been Remember just hundreds Dark of Angel? them. Dark Angel?
7: Dark Angel, who
8: sadly passed away.
7: Well, I did not know that. Yes. You didn't know that? Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep, we we better edit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not editing anything. Okay. Yeah, Dark, okay, Dark, thank Dark Angel
8: uh, dead. Dark Angel, okay. Cece Banana dead. He okay. was on the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Dark Angel was a girl who I scolded on online. I can't. I got in a little tiff with her, but she was a big fan. But she did something at one point where we got in a little tiffed online, but then we were friends. And yeah, tragically she she passed on from what I understand. Uh, who was the girl? that was Young girl, a porn early twenties. Savannah Sampson.
7: Oh no, no, I yeah she's Tara Patrick. Uh, no, no, no. Tara Patrick was on the show. Bud Friendly's grabbing the mic, and then I'll we'll continue. Uh,
6: my thoughts go to uh, Doctor Dot and yes. the metal nurse. Uh, yeah, both, oh yeah, both of whom uh, there was definite possibilities. As yes, far as the, yeah. the, the 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 BF. That's Bud Friendly, not Bud Fuck.
7: Right, <laughs> okay. I, I, Bud Friendly got that nice foot massage from Doctor yeah, Dot. That was right. good. Um, yeah, um, Savannah Samson. You 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 can uh, check her out on my uh, Facebook page and one of my early profile photos. Okay, right. That had to be cropped for censorship reasons. Oh, nice. Tell you that. Nice. Um, yeah, you Tara did a photo Patrick. shoot with her. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That was that's good. Right. Um, there was a porn star though that was a fan, and I. For some reason thought it might have been Dark Angel Maybe not No, I don't think she She was like from Denmark or Oh, something. okay, that was yeah. not Dark Angel Yeah, There was a girl from California Who was a porn star Who was an early fan of Talking Metal uh, I don't know Let's yeah. switch
8: gears Let's switch, gears. switch Michael, gears Michael Sweet, Robert Sweet And the guys in Striper were on episode 10 Our first guest was Cece Banana rest in peace. He was on episode 1, but the first big guest the we first ever had celebrity interview yeah, was episode a 10 Striper and you interviews. went and interviewed these guys at BB Kings.
7: Yes. I went and interviewed them with some primitive equipment. This was in 2005 and much like what happened earlier today, I erased all of the great interviews I did and then had to break the news to the individual members of Striper that that happened and then I got small And short new interviews with the band. And uh, those guys were so nice to redo some interviews. So thank you, Michael, Robert, everybody who was a part of that. Oz Fox. Yes. uh, And at the time, there was a different bass player.
8: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. Go back and listen to episode 10, guys. It's still posted. As as are most of the, the Talking Metal episodes. For some strange reason, this is really creepy. The Janie Lane episode is missing. I, and I can't it's find missing? it. Yeah, is yeah. Crazy. Janie Lane rest in peace. Yeah. CC Banana, again rest in peace. Dark Angel rest in peace. So many people we've lost through the years. Uh, you know, for better or worse, John and I are still here along with Bud Friendly. Thank
6: yeah. God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>.
8: <laughs> And on that note, 500, guys. You're
6: listening to episode 500 (laughs) of Talking Metal. If you like this, new guys, keep listening to the next 500. There you go. I love Michael
7: Sweet. I just hung out with him at the Eddie Trunk uh, anniversary party. Oh, cool. And uh, Michael Sweet was great. And I even said, I said, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but long time ago you did an interview with me and that was the very first celebrity interview on Talking Metal, which is about to have its 500th episode. Cool, cool. And then you spoke with him recently. Yeah, recently. So let's check that out right now. This is Michael
8: Sweet on Talking Metal episode 500. What you guys just heard was No More Hell to Pay from Striper. That's the title track off of the latest Striper record, which is less than a year old. And on the line, we welcome back to Talking Metal, Michael Sweet. How are you?
0: I am well. I'm uh, getting ready to fly out to Tucson to do a show with Extreme and Sebastian Bach and Great White and Striper. And uh, I'm doing good, man. Just, Just staying busy and... Doing lots of things. I got a lot planned.
8: Yeah, I mean, you're very busy. And before we start talking about that, I just wanted to thank you because you helped launch this podcast nine years ago back on Episode 10. We're on Episode 500 now. But on Episode 10, you were our first major guest. We interviewed you in New York City at B.B. King's. Uh, Club on Forty Second Street, and uh, in a way, you helped launch the podcast because right after that episode ten went up, we started getting listeners. So thank you.
0: Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Well, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me on and letting me be a part of it, man. That's and you said five hundred episodes. Five
8: hundred, and we've went from having you on episode ten, and you you know that opened the door, and we went on to interview all sorts of. Great hard rockers and heavy metal wow. people from Ozzy Osbourne to Megadeth to Iron Maiden, you name it, just about everyone's been on. So I'm glad to have you back here on our five hundredth episode.
0: That's incredible. Well, congratulations and it's a it's a pleasure to be on and an honor. Thank you for having me back on.
8: You bet. So a lot a lot of stuff is going on in your world right now. I just watched and heard the song September. And it's a great one, Michael. I want to talk to you about this project you're doing with George Lynch. And let's first start off about talking about this song, because I'm a a New Yorker. I stood on the streets of New York on 9-11 and watched the the towers fall with my own eyes. And and this song really moved me. Can you tell us a little bit about what the song's about?
0: Well, I mean, I'm and moved by so many things and obviously nine eleven moved me as well. I wasn't there in the physical, but like the rest of the world, I was watching it, you know, on television and I was on the phone talking to friends that lived right there, you know, who were running and it was just unbelievable. And I feel personally, you know, it's it's a fine line between Sometimes people don't want to talk about uh, the past and things that have happened that were so horrific and terrible. But at the same time, I feel like we need to, we need to talk about them and remind ourselves uh, of those, of those things that have happened. And the reason why is so we can unite and move forward and become stronger and you know, and there's healing to be done and said and made through that. And that's why when I penned that song, the lyrics are very simple, but they're very powerful. I didn't want to offend anybody. And I didn't want people to feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't want to be reminded of that of that horrible day. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I wanted it to be an anthem and a song to... Uh, to unify people and, and bring us together, and, and remind us that we need to we need to stick together. We need to love one another. We need to be brothers and sisters, and uh, as a nation, you know, and not just as a world, of course, but I mean, as as a nation, and uh, protect ourselves against our, our enemies and our foes and whatnot. And that's why that song was written. I think the music is every bit as powerful as the as the lyric. Definitely, and I I just hope and pray that I didn't offend anybody. It was a, it was a juggling act. I mean, talking with the label and stuff, we were really cautious about this or that, and you know, some we were talking about maybe having more images in the video. We really wanted to be respectful, you know, and um, but yet make a bold statement.
8: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's a great statement, a great song, and I'm psyched for the record. When can we expect the the full Sweet Lynch? Is that what you guys are calling the project, Sweet Lynch, or <laughs> Sweet and Lynch?
0: It's called Sweet and. You got to okay. get that and in there. Okay. Um, George thought Sweet Lynch, you know, was a little bit, as he put it, what did he say on, on the gay side? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I just thought, okay, well. Um, and we went back and forth over a band name versus, um, you know, just naming it uh, Sweet Lynch or, uh, you know, Sweet Ann Lynch. And we went with Sweet Ann Lynch. Everyone agreed that would be the smart thing to do. Um, you know, we do have two other guys in the band who are every bit as, as important, and that's Brian Tishy and James Lomenzo, okay. uh, who really brought so much to the table. And in terms of the album itself, I believe there is a release date set, and it's sometime in February. I'm not sure exactly when. I think it's like February 20th, 21st, 22nd. That Tuesday, right in there, and that's the North American release. We're going to be going live with the, uh, the first music video to a song called "Dying Rose," and cool. that will probably come out. If I had to guess, maybe sometime around you know January. Uh, and then we'll probably release the second music video maybe a week before release, uh, sometime in February, and that's called The Wish. Uh, it's a really cool, I tell you, man, September, as cool a song as that is, it's not really representative of the, of the album okay uh it, the rest of the album uh has a, a, a little more some more similarities to it. That song is really different and kind of set apart from everything else. so if you hear September, I don't want people to think like, okay, this is how the whole album sounds sonically, yes, musically no uh, the album is a little bit more straight ahead, just melodic rock slash metal takes you back to the late 70s and the early 80s in a really great way
8: awesome awesome now
0: it's exciting it really is
8: i'm definitely excited for it and george you know he's he's had some other projects going on and a lot of times i ask him hey are you going to tour with this project or that project and he he will tell me no it's just not possible the other guys are too busy with this and that but you've stated that that sweet and lynch is definitely going to tour and so I wanted to ask you about that. Will this be all for you guys? Will this inclu- include Brian and James, too?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I, I certainly can't make promises that it will include all four of us, but I hope so. I mean, otherwise, you're kind of we're kind of missing the point, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, we have to tour. There has to be a tour. To what degree or extent, I have no idea. But there will be a tour, and... I really uh, hope that Brian and James are available. I know James is busy with Fogarty. Brian's busy with, you know, it was, latest was Queensryche, Jeff Tate's Queensryche. He's been out with Whitesnake and, and Foreigner. He's a great drummer, so, I mean, he's in demand. Hopefully these guys are all available uh, and we can go do this and, and do it right because I know people are going to want to see this and hear it. it it's going to be a smoking band live. It really is.
8: Cool, cool. We definitely want to see it live. And George also told me that he would like to work with you, Jeff Pilsen, and Mick Brown. I think to quote him exactly, he he said it would essentially be Dockin' without Don. Is that something you guys have, have worked on, or is it still kind of just in discussion?
0: No, well, I mean, I've been asked to be a part of it by Jeff. A few years ago, and then most recently, just not very long ago at all, George asked me uh, officially to, to be the singer for uh, Dockin' Without Dawn. you know, And they're going to come up with a new name. I don't know if it's going to be TNN or if they're going to actually come up with a new name. I, I think that's going to be the case. Right. Uh, but I've been asked to go out and, and to do the album with them, as far as I know. Which is going to be, they're going to be starting on fairly soon, and then go out and do some touring with them as well. So it should be really cool.
8: Absolutely. Definitely. And when you go out as Sweet and Lynch, will you guys be including Striper and potentially Dokken or Lynch Mob songs in the set list, or is it kind of too early to tell?
0: You know what? I would say yes. I would say we would definitely do some Dawkins songs and definitely do some Striper songs. Uh, and fit fit a couple two or three from each band in there. I mean, we we kind of have to. I mean, because people, you know, George is such an integral part of Dokken and, and myself with Striper. I mean, it, it we kind of have to do some some of those songs. People are going to expect that, you know. Yeah, cool. Now, Plus, I just I want to hear I want to hear George uh, play the Striper songs. You know. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want
8: to hear you sing the Dokken songs. That would be that'd be <laughs> great. That'd be great. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Just talk about how busy you've been. You had a solo record that came out recently, I'm Not Your Suicide. You got the Lynch stuff going on. Uh, There was a new Striper album less than a year ago. There's a live Striper album that just came out. How do you keep it up? How do you keep this pace up? I mean, there's so many bands nowadays that just go out and tour and rely on the old hits, but you're out there playing live, but you're also just putting out a ton of new material. How do you keep the pace up?
0: Well, you know, I think my personality... Uh, traits really help. I, you know, I, I was, I always joke about it, uh, but I was diagnosed not long ago I was having ADHD, and I'm definitely OCD. Uh, I, you know, I go around and straighten everything in the house constantly, and everything has to be in its place. And I think having those two conditions uh, helps to drive me. You know, I can't sit still. I, I have to stay busy and active and be doing something constantly. And when I have any downtime, I, I gotta go pick up my guitar and start writing songs for the next album. You know, I just can't sit and, and do nothing. I'll go out of my mind. Uh so that's a big part of it. And then the other side of it is, you know, thank God, uh, you know, I've got some people who believe in me and and have a vision for what I do and, and respect what I do and, and ask me to do things and hire me to do things. You know, Frontiers Records is one of those companies and uh there's a number of other companies as well that, that I work with and Uh, do things for and uh they they caught the vision you know and it's pretty cool for for me to have that
8: excellent and on this solo record that i i mentioned earlier i'm not your suicide you do a duet and i saw the video for it it looks and sounds great with dave mustaine's daughter and i just wanted to ask you how that came about are you friends with the mustaine family Mm -hmm. how did you meet her
0: I am. I've become friends with the Mustang family. We don't really stay in touch. Uh, You know, Dave's busy. I'm busy. I would love to talk to Dave on a daily basis because he's such a great, smart guy, and I I love him dearly. Uh, I was looking for and thinking about having a female voice on that song uh, way back when I recorded the album, and I just never really could think of the right person, or, or things just didn't work out. I think I reached out to a few people and didn't work out, and as Dave and I, you know, uh, reconnected and, and talked and stuff, I started thinking um, about his daughter Electra because I heard her sing on she was a, on a, a newscast uh, singing a, a Megadeth song, and I was really impressed with the tone of her voice. I just thought, wow, she's really got a cool voice. So. It was my idea to just reach out to Dave and say, hey, what about Electra singing on the song? And he loved it. She loved it. Uh, the, everyone loved the idea. And yeah, I wound up sending them the song, and Dave produced it, and she put a vocal on it, and I got it back. And I was like, this is perfect, absolutely perfect, because it brings a whole different element to the song. And uh, and I think she's a great singer. I I think you're going to hear a lot from Electra. She's I know she's making an album. She's writing in Nashville, and and as we speak, doing an album. And I think when that album comes out, we're going to be hearing the name Electra a lot. Electra Mustang. So so I think we should all get used to it because she's she's a very talented girl, and she's a very smart girl, and she's a very sweet girl. She's the she's the whole package, man. She's she's just awesome. She really is. Excellent. Well, we
8: will definitely keep an eye and ear out for her. And let's talk about, last but not least, let's talk about Striper. A new live record just came out. Can you tell us about this record, where it was recorded, when it was recorded?
0: Well, we recorded it at the Whiskey. uh, And basically, we wanted to do it, originally we wanted to do it in Nashville, as kind of like a, a film rehearsals and then go in and perform to a live audience, but a real intimate kind of setting. Uh, that was the original plan that didn't work out. So I didn't want to do just a typical live show at a festival or whatnot. Cause we've been there and done that. Uh, you know, you're limited often on uh, the sound quality and the control and whatnot. So, <clears throat> I instantly started thinking about a small, intimate club. And then I thought, what better way to do that than to do it at a club where we started at and where our roots lie? And that is, of course, the infamous whiskey. Uh, you know, I played there when I was uh, 15, almost 16 years old for the first time with Kevin Dubrow. Uh, we were rocks regime back then. So, uh, you know, I go way back with the whiskey, and Stripers played there a couple times, numerous times, and, and I just thought, you know, this is perfect. Do it at the whiskey. So I
9: suggested
0: the idea. Everyone loved it, and we ran with it, and
9: everything
0: just worked out. The whiskey accommodated us. The company that filmed it that we work with and love is out there in L.A., not far from the whiskey, and it just it all fell into place, and that's why we did it there.
8: Excellent. Excellent. Now you mentioned those old days back in the early 80s when you were just getting started and opening and playing for bands like like Dubro and was it Dubro or Quiet Riot that that you played with back in those days?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, we we played with so many bands going back. Uh you know, we used to play with uh Mickey Raps. You know, uh, and then they changed their name officially to Rat. And, uh, you know, obviously And then when we were playing with Rat at Gazaris down the street at, you know, the whiskey was Motley Crue. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it was crazy. It was an incredible time. Uh, you know, you could walk to any club, walk down the street, down to Hitu, Troubadour and, and, and watch, you know, Wasp. The same night. I mean, it was just crazy. It was like uh, so many cool bands and uh, bands that went on to get record deals and and do incredible things. Uh, You know, that was the scene back then. Uh, Everyone was was trying to get signed and make it and whatnot, and we were part of that scene, and it, it was really. Such a great time, such an important time, and we're really blessed to have been there through it all. Really cool.
8: Now, was Cece DeVille a part of your band back then at any point?
0: Yeah, you know what it was? I, I was outside Gazari's one night and I looked over and I saw this guy with blonde hair and all made up and looking, you know, really different and cool and whatnot. And I struck up a conversation with him and it, it turned out to be Cece. Um, and we hit it off. Invited him down to our house and to jam. He's a guitar player, obviously. And he wound up eventually coming down, and we we jammed with him. And we were talking about him joining our band. And he was talking about joining our band. And everything was really cool. And you know, basically, what happened—the thing that sealed the deal, in the sense that he said no—was you know, the yellow and black. His guitars, uh, he, he had a bunch of really nice guitars, and all his guitars would have to be, come yellow and black guitars and stuff. And he, did, he wasn't really into that.
9: Right. Huh.
0: So he basically just point blank said it. He said, I'm just, you know, I love you guys. You know, I'm just, I just can't do that. It's not my thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. We went our separate ways and he went on of course doing join Poison and be really successful and we continued on as Striper and uh, another guy that was almost in the band was a guy by the name of Doug Aldrich sure, sure. who uh, everybody knows Doug and what a phenomenal player and he had a band called Lion from Philly and he came out and we met and hit it off and we were really good friends we hung out and did a lot together uh, and really close and he came and jammed as well and we were talking about possibly forming together and uh, he wound up uh, wanting to reform and put together Lion again, and um, you know he continued on, and the rest is history. You know he went on to, to do all sorts of really cool things with Hurricane and eventually White Snake, as we all know. And yep. uh, yeah, Doug's a great guy too. So yeah, the history of the band Rock's regime is really interesting. It really is. We had a lot of people pass through our doors. Excellent.
8: Fun stuff, fun stories. Thanks for sharing them here on Talking Metal. And thanks for being on Episode 10 and coming back and joining us here on Episode 500. You guys are coming to hey, New York next week. Thank you, thank week. you for I hope having me, this, man. And I, I, wish,
0: I, wish, I wish you all the best, brother. And th- thanks for having me on again, okay?
8: You just heard was Soldiers Under Command from 1985. Michael Sweet and Striper. You're a big Striper fan, right, I am
7: a big Striper fan. I used to buy Striper stuff at a Christian bookstore. Really well. In my wow. hometown, wow. yeah. I, I remember um, having a yellow uh, 45, yellow vinyl 45. I had um, the pink. It was very cool. Vinnie Vincent 45. I yeah. I had, didn't you have a pink vinyl 45? I once had yeah, that. Uh, the Vinnie, Vinnie Vincent one? Vinnie yeah, I had that. Yeah. Invasion. I actually saw the Vinnie Vincent invasion open up for Alice Cooper at the Syria Mosque. That was oh, nice. actually the name of the venue Syria oh, mosque. 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 Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, wow. wow. In Pittsburgh, nonetheless.
8: Wow. Nice.
6: This isn't uh, breaking in here for seconds. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, go this ahead. is an unexpected treat question. Out of one, between one and 500 episodes, out of 500 episodes of Talking Metal, can you narrow down a special moment and talk briefly about it, Mark? Well, I mean,
8: there was the, you know, chasing Chinese democracy stuff. Um, There was the... Flying to Vegas to interview Ozzy. I mean, that was pretty major. Yeah. Yeah. And we hung out with Zach there. Casey
7: Chaos. That was one of my favorite moments. The Vegas thing.
6: Same question to
7: John. One of my favorite interviews was the telephone interview we did with Ian Gillen. Oh, right. Yeah. I really, really really liked that interview. And, of course, the first Ozzy interview in Vegas was amazing. Uh, Eating At a diner called the Astro Diner with Rob Helford. It was pretty freaking cool. Emily was there. Yep. And there were just so many great, great experiences. All the jamming we did with everybody, Uh, the interview with Nikki Six in a van. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, Dave Mustaine interview at a hotel where we jammed uh, a little bit on guitar with him, and he jammed some riffs for us. That was very, very cool. Uh, There were just so many great great experiences we had from the time we did episode one to the time we did episode 500.
6: Yeah, absolutely personally i can't think of any enjoyable moments that i've had at all it's been you terrible and a handful of listeners, uh, hard work yeah. and um,
8: well,
7: at, least, uh, at least at least
6: at least we pay you well
7: at least we pay you well
6: oh i'm rich <laughs> i'm rich beyond my wildest dreams yeah there you go
7: we also want to send a special thanks to metal mike yeah metal mike for sure big yeah, part of the family absolutely and you know what the the song written by rob helford and metal mike that was written For talking metal. I think we should hear a little bit of that. Yeah, let's play it right now.
8: 30-second song, Talking Metal, by Talking Rob metal. Halford, Roy Z and Metal Mike. Unbelievable. Talking yeah. Metal,
7: episode 500.
8: 500. And let's end with a little Ozzy. This is a song called Silver. It's off the 2007 album, Black Rain. And this is written by Ozzy, Zach, and uh, a guy named... Kevin... What's that guy's name? Kevin... Chirco. Churko Kevin Churko. Kevin yeah. Chirco
7: is the owner of Hideout Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. I actually hung out and did a little work with Kevin's son uh, while Ace was recording two tracks for the Space Invader record. And that is a very cool place, guys, Uh Uh, In this moment, Ozzy, a lot of great people have recorded there. Uh, Jakey Lee. Just a very, very cool studio. Jakey Lee. Jakey Lee. I'm going to see
8: Jakey Lee in Las Vegas on November 23rd. So if you're going to be at at, at, uh, the Count from Count's Customs, I'll be, uh, yeah, his club is called Vamps, and I will be there wow. on November 23rd. Come say hello. Emily and I will be rocking Very out to cool. the when Red When is that Kiss Dragon concert you're going to be at? The day the day before that, oh, November, November 22nd. 22nd. Cool. Yeah, so going to Vegas for 48 hours, and we will see two... What I'm hoping are two great shows while we're there.
7: Excellent. Special thanks to Ronnie Me and who is no longer the bassist of Red Dragon Cartel. I don't know, is he oh, or is I, he I not? I wasn't sure. I yeah, thought maybe he left, he for, left a for a I'm while. I'm not sure. Maybe I need he's to back. Check who that. knows? Yeah. he yeah. may be back. But Ronnie, Ronnie, Jake, Ronnie produced that record under a like a funny different name. Oh, did he? For okay. some reason, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the record, it says produced by somebody else. Not not a funny name, but just a different name, and I'm not sure why he did that, but. Yeah. Talking Metal episode 500 Bud yeah. Friendly, Mark Striegel, John Astronomy
8: Talking Metal 500 This is Silver, again off of the Black Rain album From 2007 And this solo, man sounds so. The beginning of this guitar solo Listen to Zach's solo Sounds so much like over the mountain guitar solo uh, wow. That Randy did So anyways, go. this is a great song Overlook song off of the Black Rain Off the Black Rain record And again, it's called Silver And that'll end it Thank you to all the listeners for all your support.
7: Thank you to all the Talking Metal listeners. Thank you to all the publicists. Thank you to all the managers. Thank you to all the artists.
9: Yeah, thanks Thank to you. Victor
7: Ruiz, too, yes. who's helped out. Thanks to Mitch Lafon
8: yep. Thanks to going way back to all the old... No old
7: thanks guys. to anybody. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Thanks and to everybody. And a big everybody. thanks to
8: you, John. I mean, you're the guy who, who launched this. And, oh, you know, we you. make jokes about you uh, not being on every episode anymore. and and But there's still, like, I always say when somebody's, like, says, oh, John's not doing as much anymore, I, I say, the big-name guests that we've got mm-hmm. through the years, every time I look at them, almost... Eighty percent of the time, it's you who brought them to the show, whether you're doing the interview or not. Even like Vivian Campbell, Tommy Thayer, these guys who I did the interviews, and they were very big episodes for us uh, last year. Both those episodes, Uh, you you booked both those guys. You know, I may have done the interview, but you did the booking. So even though John is not always one hundred percent on every single episode due to his intense schedule. Uh, he is still a very, very big part of what's Thank going you. on. If Thank not, you very much. Not, if Thank if you not very much on that. air or on the podcast yeah. behind the scenes. So. Thank you. Yeah, you no,
7: I, I am the co host of Talking Metal. It's just like uh, when when uh, Matt Lauer is out for a day, they get a different guy in there. Yeah. When, When I'm out for a day, sometimes we get a different person in here to sub for me for a day. Sometimes it's just you. Sometimes I do solo episodes. I haven't done a solo yeah, talking about for a while, but maybe I'll do, do yeah. a, a slew of solo episodes. I'm just kidding, guys. You should. No. Um, oh, I thought that said six six six. It said six seven six. Anyway, right. I thought I thought uh, <laughs> Satan was intervening. <laughs> that means it's
6: time. And with, and with all the thank yous going on, I'd personally would like to say to all the fans, you're welcome. Yeah, Bud Friendly, he's amazing.
7: <laughs> really is amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. an old talking metal word that you used to use a lot. I still use it all the amazing. time. Amazing. Right all right. So this is Silver by Ozzy Osbourne. Good night guys. We'll see you on episode 501. 501. To the next 500 episodes. Let's have yeah. another toast. Yeah. We got to make it to 666 episodes. Yes. That would be maybe we'll end and it. We're going to have the farewell tour after that. <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll on tour.
8: Yeah. All right. Later.
6: Awesome. That was pretty good. That was it. a good one.